Before we start this episode of Your Business Advantage for Life, we just want you to know that we do mention the Pi Sigma Epsilon National Convention that was scheduled to be in Norfolk, Virginia the first week of April. Unfortunately, due to the coronavirus pandemic, we had to cancel the event. While this episode refers to the event, we still wanted to share it because of all the value our guest delivers. Welcome to the Pi Sigma Epsilon podcast, where we bring you a business advantage for life in the time that it takes to walk to class or drive to work. My name is Kristen Pearson, and I'm the Director of Member Services at the Pi Sigma Epsilon National Headquarters. My name is Daniel Schultz, and I'm the Collegiate Vice President of Pi Sigma Epsilon and the President of the Epsilon Epsilon Chapter at Ball State University. And today we have Richard Battle. Richard has been a public speaker and trainer for over 30 years on topics including volunteerism, leadership, sales, and faith. Richard has written multiple books and was an, ex- was an executive with KeyTrack, a Reynolds and Reynolds company, and has more than 40 years of experience in sales, executive management, and leadership in various business entities. Good morning. Thank you, Kristen and Daniel, for having us on today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for coming. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that we'd like to ask you just to start out uh, is your affiliation with a business fraternity. Obviously, a lot of students have options when they go to colleges. We try to get Pi Sigma Epsilon as prolific as we can, but obviously it wasn't necessarily a part of college when you were in college. So you began at Alpha Kappa Psi. Could you tell us the importance that you feel there is of being involved in organizations like AK Psi or Pi Sigma Epsilon? Well, that's a great question. And yes, when I joined Alpha Kappa Psi, Pi Sigma Epsilon had not started yet. Matter of fact, there weren't even sales courses at the University of Texas in Austin when I was going to school. Uh, Alpha Kappa Psi was the business organization to be in. And the two things that I would say to your members, and I'm so glad that they're in your organization is, one, obviously it can differentiate you when you enter the job market. But second, my experience, and I'm so glad you're a chapter president because my experience as chapter president, it was my first leadership opportunity in a professional basis. And my experience was Alpha Kappa Psi changed my life and your members' lives can be changed through your organization. Now, it's all based on what you put in is what you'll get out. And the more active you are and involved, the more you'll get out of it the more you'll contribute. I guess just a quick follow-up question that I'd like to ask is, as you've worked in your different roles, you've no doubt had experience with people coming into companies and people coming on. Have you found any differentiation between people who have had those leadership experiences or in experiences in business fraternities that help them be set apart? Absolutely. And when hiring people, you look for things that differentiate. And some people have different skills that can be taught. Uh, There are some skills that can't be taught. They're inherent character type skills, experiences, and a membership in an organization like Pi Sigma Epsilon is a differentiator because it builds some of those soft skills beyond what's learned in the classroom. Yeah, and I really appreciate you telling that because we are always preaching that and the just getting involved and growing your leadership skills so that when you go out into the workforce, you know, you um, are more prepared for that in front of your peers. Um, So you've been kind of, 
you know, in so many different roles, but the one that I really wanted to talk about was um, the, the one where you're an author. So can you tell us how do you decide, how did you decide that you wanted to be an author? <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of a funny experience. And as I was joking with a cl- former high school classmate at a reunion, uh, I probably have English teachers spinning in their graves because they can't believe I read a book, much less wrote a book, much less wrote six books to this point. And that was not my ambition. But the way the first one came about was I had been in a leadership role in the Junior Chamber of Commerce, and mm-hmm. we'd had national and international success. And after that, for six years, I taught a day and a half course for chapter presidents from all the major cities in Texas. And what I noticed after three or four years was that the incoming presidents knew nothing of what I had taught their predecessors. Mm -hmm. In other words, their predecessors were not teaching them what I had taught them in the class. And so I decided to document that in a volunteer leadership handbook, which I published many years ago. And that was the first book. So looking at that first book, that's something that directly relates to what a lot of our chapters have to deal with. And I'm no doubt with what AKSI had to deal with as well, being that transition teaching and that secession planning for different organizations. Do you have any quick tips uh, before we get onto some of the rest of our questions that you have for organizations having to deal with that? Absolutely. And I can always tell if someone in business has had successful volunteer leadership or not. I can tell within five or 10 minutes. And the easy way is in business, the primary motivators are money and job security. In any volunteer effort, whether it be in college or anywhere else, the two things you don't have to use as a motivator are money and job security. Mm -hmm. And so you have to become creative in learning and just figuring out how do I inspire people to exert beyond what they may want to so that our organization can succeed and provide the maximum impact. Yeah. And then going into another book that you've written, uh, The Master's Sales Secrets, 44 Strategies for Sensational Sales. Um, As an organization that encompasses so much, but we have our roots in sales and marketing. What are some of these secrets that you want everyone to know? Well, I'll share a couple that might help on the sales competition at convention. And let me say there are a lot of sales books and sales trainers around the country. And what I notice is a lot of them were in sales two, three, four years, and then they go out and write a book and start speaking and training. Well, I spent over 40 years carrying revenue uh, requirements and quotas. And these are the top tips that I got out of that 40 year plus experience. Mm -hmm. And two that are very, very simple, and you wouldn't think would need to be brought out to anyone is, is if you want to sell a prospect, you have to think like a prospect. (laughs) And what I found repeatedly over the years were, salespeople are great at learning their product, their competition, their market, but then they go out and they think like a salesperson or the company and they don't think like the prospect. And so it's the same thing in fishing. If you want to catch a fish, you've got to think like the fish. So that's the first thing. And the second thing that I would say is that so many people think selling is talking about how they're offering or their product works. How it works is not as important as what you're selling. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I appreciate Countrywide sponsoring my keynote. And for someone selling Countrywide, they're not selling insurance. They're selling peace of mind, 
financial security, uh, other things, uh, co- uh, savings for college. They're selling all kinds of dreams and the insurance products are how they get those dreams delivered. And that's the difference. And so you have to know what you're selling versus how it works. Yeah. It's almost like those that jump into objections right away and try to <laughs> overcome these objections that their prospect hasn't even said out loud yet. And they're just, you know, it's just what they've scripted. So, well, and that's true, but there is a tactic of taking away objections before they're offered mm-hmm. because sometimes you'll know certain objections will be brought up and you can take them away as a part of the negotiation process to change the power in the negotiation process. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you've definitely come away with a bunch of different tips and no doubt wisdom that you've had from these years of experience in the business field. Are there any specific beliefs that you started out with or that even moving to a different job you thought you had that you came to learn weren't quite right about business? Well, the one I think that can help uh, your members so much is I always thought that if I went out and worked hard and did above and beyond that the leadership in the businesses I was in would be looking out to help me grow my career. And what I found was there are very few leaders in business who really look out for you and help you advance. Most of them are so busy taking care of their responsibilities and they'll pigeonhole you into a certain role and they'll only see you in that role regardless of your success. And so if you're have an ambition, you have to do your job and do above and beyond, but you have to look out for your own career advancement as well and find sponsors and people that care about you and will help you grow in advance. And to follow up with that, what about if we do have members that become managers and, you know, they have people working under them and they're trying to instruct them and they can reflect and find that maybe they're doing that as well, that, you know, they're doing, you know, this scenario, what would you advise them to do? So if they're a manager and then they realize they are kind of doing that to their employees. Great, great question. First, first thing is if you're a manager or a leader in business, every employee that you work with and works for you is different. Mm -hmm. And so you can't manage everyone the same way. And you have to understand their personality and their motivations so that you can help them grow and contribute to the organization in the best way possible. It's sometimes it's like a baseball manager. You may have somebody playing first base, but they'd be a better person at third base. And so you have to know their strengths things they need to learn, their motivations, put them in the right places, give them information and inspiration to grow, and then try to help them grow in the organization uh, through their careers. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. And as we look at your work history, you constantly had new responsibilities that were coming up. You had to bear quotas that left the revenue and you had to look at different things in different ways. You're constantly being strategic. Could you give any advice for someone who's coming up through their job, maybe a young professional currently that has to think of things in different ways? How do you get out of your head? You mentioned a bit talking from the customer's perspective. How do you suggest beginning that process? Well, and I was going to say part of this as we finish the interview, but I'll say it now. Uh, And this, again, is something I felt differentiated me from some people I saw. 
I love and am always thinking about different things, what I can get from every experience. So I'm always thinking. I'm always adapting to the market at hand. And I'm always trying to learn from every experience so it can help me in the next experience. And what I found in in successive books, I've gone back at different experiences because I retain those and learn the lessons from those. And I would advise everyone to do that because you never know when a lesson from many years before will come back and help you in the future. And too many people don't take the lessons. They get the experience and they may remember it, but they don't do a deep dive on the thought process of, of what happened and the different things they can learn from it, how they can adapt and grow from it. Yeah. Do you have any um, recommendations on how someone should be doing that? Well, each person's different. And one of the things that I always like to do with my salespeople, and I don't want to share the presentation next month, but <laughs> I always talk to them about when they're working on a deal, we always wanted to get the deal uh, get it as quickly as possible. And we wanted to try to earn the most money the market would bear off of it mm-hmm. uh, and then learn a lesson from it for the next, next time. And too often, again, people would get the deal, they go forward and they might look at it in a uh, surface type basis, but they didn't go through and really analyze it like a, on a football where you take game film and you go through and analyze the plays yeah. Uh, the deeper you go through and think about it from a 360 perspective, the more you're going to get out of it and the more you'll add weapons into your arsenal for future opportunities. Yeah. We appreciate you sharing all of that. And we always have a lot of amazing guests on our podcast and we wish we could just, you know, suck up all of your knowledge and experience. But is there anything that we ha- we should have asked you, but we haven't yet? Well, I think the number one thing I would want to mention to your members are I hope that you will go to Norfolk for the convention. Uh, There will be many, many things that you will gain and learn. It will change your life. You'll meet a lot of people, and I hope you form lifelong relationships with those people. And hopefully you'll come to the session that I'll be speaking at because it is going to be chock full of information and ideas that I hope and think can help you. So I look forward to meeting them all there and uh, we'll have a great time. Well, you are during a meal as well. So I guarantee everybody will be there. Thankfully. (laughs) (laughs) Food is always a very good driving force. So we appreciate you taking the time to answer some of these questions and talk about what you have done. I'd love to hear a bit about what you think is coming next for you. What do you have lined up for yourself in the future? Well, I think, I think that's a great question. And it's interesting because my, my path has always been one of plans and responses. So I have my plans that I want to do, and then I have my response based on uh, inspiration, spirit, the market, things of that type of nature. And my, and my plans are uh, to keep, continue to communicate ideas that will help people. Uh, that's my number one thing is try to help people become better than they are now so as they go forward, their life will be on a, a more positive and a steeper inclined growth path. And they might not make some of the mistakes I made, which I'm glad I made before the internet and Instagram <laughs> and cell phone cameras. <laughs> 
Um, if someone was looking to reach out to you and maybe it's before national convention this year or even afterwards, if this, if they're listening to this later, um, how can someone reach out to you and get in contact or find your uh, books? This, well, the simplest way is they can go to richardbattle.com. Uh, they can email me at richard at richardbattle.com. And if they go on and the books are there as well as if you go on Amazon, uh, you could look me up as Richard V. Battle, and all six of the books would come up, and we would welcome anyone communicating with us. And again, my my door is open, and I love trying to help people become better and improve and share ideas that I have that may help them. Well, thank you very much. And as Christian mentioned, and as we've definitely touched on here in this episode, Richard will be presenting at the 2020 PSC convention in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, we're really excited for you to be able to share your experience. And I know I might've jumped the gun on a question I heard earlier, but <laughs> if you come up with something different, feel free to share that too. A question that we like to end our podcast episodes with uh, because it's a motto of PSC and kind of the mantra is PSC being your business advantage for life. What has been your business advantage for life? Well, in addition to uh, thinking, learning, and adapting, what I try to do is aim high, work hard, and never quit. And I've been, I've had many blessings and many successes, but I've also experienced quite a few different adversities. And we'll discuss that in Norfolk. And adversity is a part of life, and never quitting is a very, very important part of life. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you're enjoying the Your Business Advantage for Life podcast and would appreciate it if you share it on social media or with someone you know that could benefit from it. We would also be very grateful if you could rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you are listening. That all helps in ranking the show, giving us more reach to help as many people as possible. Lastly, if you want to be featured on our podcast or know someone that we should have as a guest, email psc at psc.org. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.